Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Ignorant Cricket on 99.94. Cricket every day. I'm Daniel Norcross. This is Rory Dollard. We are England Cricket on 99.94. It's your new home for England Cricket content. Don't, don't laugh at me, Rory. I see you laughing at me. You're I was waiting for you to mention zero ducks given. I was waiting for zero ducks given. I haven't even got there. I haven't <laughs> even got there yet. I am I'm one of the people on zero ducks given. You are not. But one day you might well be. We are here doubt it. to tell you all about England cricket because we're a little bit excited because today England have won an enormous game, a massive game, a game against New Zealand. And looking at the way they played in the previous few games, it wasn't clear that they were going to actually get anywhere near winning that game. Rory, what the hell happened? We and you and I are going to discuss this over the course of three strange different segments, which we have yet to decide upon. Let's see how it goes. Let's kick off with... I would like to start... New Zealand. I'd like to start the one. Why did, England, why did England beat New Zealand? Joss Butler. There you go. That's the answer. He, Joss Butler, the batter. Joss Butler, the captain. Everything lined up nicely today. And I think if this was anything, this was Joss Butler's statement victory as, as England captain thus far. He he turned up as an opening bat, first of all, and that's always, always going to be the most important thing he can do for this team because he is, I don't know, he's light years ahead of the game when he's in the mood and in the moment. And today he was. He really, really, really got to grips with a pitch that I think the consensus is maybe wasn't quite as easy as people figured it, it was at a certain point. And part of part of people's estimations of that pitch may have been built around the fact that Joss Butler was doing his thing and he was making it look perhaps a little easier than it was. So probably England were above, a little bit above par on that pitch and maybe at halfway people thought that's gettable, that's sort of right in the hitting arc. And I think Butler was a long thing to do with that. But I also think this was a really good game for him as captain. He stuck with his team. He stuck with his 11, didn't make any changes. He held the course. Which is it'll go it'll give buy him a bit of credit in the dressing room, I think that. Certainly for those who played. Uh but he he shuffled his he shuffled his options in a way that I think we were wanting him to do a little bit earlier. He mixed the batting order up to the extent that Milan batted way down the order face one ball. But that was sensible. It wasn't that wasn't a reaction or a a panic. It was sensible use of resources and he got the right people facing the right amount of bowling, give or take. And he did the same with his with his bowling. He he opened with Moyn Alley for an over. He brought Ben Stokes into the game at the right time. And I just thought, that Josh Butler did near enough everything right today. I, I entirely agree with you. Um, 
you look when you're playing against New Zealand and Trent Bolt with a new ball is a massive, massive threat. And he bowled the first and the third overs. And he and Hales and Hales, I mean, Hales has got to get a lot of props for this, really played them sensibly. They decided not to get out. And I, I know that sounds like a weird thing to say, but you can, in T20, you can decide to go hard and you can decide not to go hard. And the big threat that England had was Trent Bolt with a new ball. If they don't lose wickets early on, they are fine. I was watching it in a pub in Adelaide with uh, the guys who do the Hawkeye and uh, Edwin Moran and Alex Hartley. And all of us were just see the over out. If you get away with Trent Bolt bowling the first and the third over and not getting out, then you have massively changed what New Zealand can do to you. Because that's the other part of it. It's it's what does your opponent have? And what New Zealand have is big hitting up top. They have fabulous seam and swing bowling up front. How do you negate that? And it looked to me like you know, they were they were pretty they were pretty smart. They were smart in the first three, four, five overs. And we've seen what Hales and Butler will try to do. They'll try to be a bit alpha. They'll try to go really hard. They'll try to smash it all over the place. And they didn't hear because they needed to win more than anything else. So, yeah, yeah. I'm with you, Rory. And, and listen, I think Hales, you know, I, I, I maybe questioned Hales a little bit, his output since he's been brought back in. Uh, wondered if Salt might be might be about to, to get his go. I don't think Salt maybe quite has it in him to be to be as nuanced as that just now. I think he he is really foot to the floor and that's what England want. And on a lot of pitches, in a lot of circumstances, that could be actually what they need. Today, he may, maybe Salt could have got himself in trouble. I, I don't know. But Hill certainly had a good game. And I think if we're sort of tallying up Joss Butler's ledger as captain, I think bringing Hales back was a big decision, certainly that his predecessor would not have made. And I think here, I think Butler at some point in this tournament to ratify that judgment to to get some points on the board uh, needed Hales to to justify it. And today he did that. Uh, so another another good another good one for for Butler. But yeah, I, I just think England looked and felt a different proposition today. They looked more on it. I don't know. They've been meandering to victory and defeat to some extent. It's been, it's either been a bit easy or they haven't managed to keep up. Today they felt, today they felt one move ahead near enough the whole game. They were, they were playing the next move very, very well. And on that score, batting first, explain. I, I think, yeah, well, it may, it makes sense. It certainly makes sense for the England side, but it's, it's massively dangerous because you you can lose a game of T20 batting first. You can lose it in the first three, four, five overs, frankly. But they didn't. They chose to bat first. And when they did, they they went through a power play without losing a wicket. That was clearly a plan. So Sam Curran spoke uh, pitch side at the end of the match. 
and he actually mentioned this. I don't think it was even brought up to him. He said, he said, having watched the first game, England, Josh Butler specifically said, let's bat first if we can, and let's, let's get into this game. And I don't know if that was, I don't know if that was him wanting to get into the game personally and shape the game because that was his opportunity. But, but Curran certainly suggested that Butler told the team our way to, to begin to shape the game the way we want to shape it is by batting first. And it might have been brave, uh, as you say, going in and, and offering those sort of very skilled bowlers first, first dibs, but it was premeditated. England, England felt and Josh Butler felt that getting the bat in the hands offered them the chance to, I don't know, I suppose if you look at the table, England have the have qualification in their own hands. And to put the real extension on that, batting first almost feels like when the bat's in your hand, and certainly if you're the skipper, that's you taking control of your destiny. And they, and they did that and they put up a good score. They really did. Um, wasn't quite sure what a good score was on that pitch. We'd seen in a, a previous game yeah. played out. Was it 190? Was it 200? Was it 180? I don't know. I think England possibly left 10 or 15 runs out there. But at the same time, they were playing against an incredibly good team. Uh, it's a hard time to have a break. After that, we're going to talk about, it's about what England really thinks they're doing as a T20 side. How are they going about winning matches? You're listening to Cricket's Conversation on 99.94. Whatever your team, we have the show for you on podcast, YouTube, or on the 99.94 app. We have India, England, South Africa, West Indies, and now Sri Lanka covered. If you want to find us, the best way is to follow us on social media at 9994DM by downloading the 9994 app or Google 99.94 on podcast. We speak cricket. So Rory, welcome back. Um, Starting to get an idea of what England think that they're doing. And it is very much, it's quite nuanced, I'd say. Um, Today, against New Zealand, Stokes did not bowl four overs. Moeen Ali bowled in the power play. Like dimensions of a cricket field make an enormous difference. Of course they do. But Rashid, Livingston, it was like like they watched a game that went on before them. And they've gone, ooh, this is what we do here. Now, uh, is, is that what's happening here? Are, are England just essentially looking at the circumstances around them? Or have they worked them all out in advance? I, I'm not quite sure. You know, it, it felt a little bit like to me that I was watching the game after the game. And England have got a great number of opportunities here. They've got Livingston, they've got Moeen, they've got, Living, mm. they've got Rashid to bowl spin. They've got a variety of seam bowlers. They didn't use Stokes, or they have done. Stokes has bowled four overs in the past. Here, mm. they went for an entirely different approach, which looked flexible, I think. Well, I think that's the key, actually. I think if you ask what did England do in this game, I think they lent in to their strength of the team they've picked, which is options and different 
you know, different routes to get to the same end point. And that means that they have a very, very flexible batting order if they so choose to use it. They haven't done. Maybe we think they didn't do that against Ireland. Uh, and, and maybe we think that against Ireland with the the rain, the, the Duckworth-Lewis-Stern-Parr score, that they got themselves a bit too rigid. And maybe they could have been said to be too rigid had they have stuck to the sort of the method of Stokes balls at the top because that's what he's done well at. But this is a team that's fluid. It's got loads of people who can do lots of different things at different points of the game. And today, they really they really pushed that envelope a bit because they got a great start with the openers, so they shoved Moyn Alley up to number three. Super. Because it's it's flexible. It's It's nimble thinking. Livingston comes in next. They're not wedded. Even Harry Brook came in next. I actually did, played a really good seven, a really good three ball knock from Harry Brook. But they weren't wedded. They weren't wedded to the Stokes thing. They weren't like, oh, we've got to get Stokes in. Stokes is our super over, 19, kingpin. Got to get him in the game. And they, and they held him with the ball, Stokes as well. They, they decided they were going to have a little dart at, at Moeen first up. And that was, that probably caught, New Zealand by surprise, didn't it? The way that Moyne's been used recently, it didn't look an awful lot like Moyne was going to take first first ball. So Butler just shuffled his pack in a in a quite surprising way, I think, that left him it left him lots of ways to round out the game. We come to the point that Mark Woods bowled three overs today. Now he bowled three overs not because it was a premeditated plan to bowl three overs of Mark Wood. It was because Butler got into his options, which allowed him to do things differently and look at look at what was happening on the scoreboard, look at what was happening at the crease, and use those options. So I really liked it. I, I think I think this England team, and I actually think it was a really, really good idea to leave Milan down the order. And I don't think it I don't think it argues against Milan playing in the next game at all. Quite the opposite. I think the fact that England feel emboldened to allow their specialist number three, who doesn't bowl a ball, to come in at eight, because that's the way the game was going, shows actually quite admirable clarity. They, they understood the phases of the game. And I don't think it means in any way whatsoever that David Milan might not come in at number three next time. If Hales hits one up in the air in the first two overs, near enough certainty you'll see Milan come out and bat. I just think England were calm. And they, they were calm and unafraid to explore their options. And in T20 cricket, that's a pretty smart thing to be. So, so Rory, how the hell did they play that game against Ireland? I mean, how did that happen? And how did they play that game against Afghanistan? I mean, when they played against the two, with all due respect, least, least capable sides in that league, in, in that group that they're in, why did they play the way they did? Because it makes absolutely no sense. I mean, it's extraordinary when you watch the way England played against New Zealand, which was clinical. It was, it was, I think, fantastic. Actually, they uh, they opened their batting in a way that was. We need to deal with Bolt. Bolt is a, is a big issue. We cannot let him get us out. Butler played him extremely carefully, carefully but but well, you know, actively but carefully. 
they found themselves having got rid of the big threats. They didn't really go super hard, but they then, whenever they lost a wicket, brought in the next big hitter. And yet, in the first two games, they'd done the exact opposite. So, what's happened here? I mean, is this is this like is this a revelation that's occurred or what? I think it's an unbuttoning. Does that make sense? They're, they're still early. Sort of. They're still early. I mean, it's, under, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird word, what? unbuttoning. That is a weird word, if you don't mind me saying so. It, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm just working on my thesis, England unbuttoned. It's um, it's a sequel to Liz Truss's uh, Britannia Unchained. That's what it is. <laughs> um, but it's, 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 a, it's a chronicle of England's T20 revolution. No, um, I think I think they are in early days under Butler and Mott, and they got a little. I don't know. They, they picked their best eleven and they picked their plans and they got maybe a little bit too stuck in them. And I think they've just they've let out the top button. I think they just let it hang a bit. <laughs> and they've got yeah. You don't you do it though. That's that's, that's going to have increasingly yeah. poor uh, results. But well, you say yeah. That listen, little, I, little, I just little, think I think, I think they started bad. They started slowly in this tournament, and if we could say at the very least that they've learned and that they're using what they've got a little bit better, then, I don't know, what are they, three games away from winning a World Cup? I don't know. Looks more positive than it did well, three, four days ago. Do you know, we, we're going to try and work out where they are in relation to this World Cup because it isn't as easy as everyone says. Yes, they've beaten New Zealand. Yes. They've won a, they've won another game. They've lost a game. Let's find out what it is that they really need to do. Uh, it's time for our second break. And after that, we're going to be talking about exactly how the hell do England make it through to the T20 semi-finals. If you love the language of cricket and want more, then head over to the 99.94 app and you can hear all of our podcasts and cricket commentary. We're adding new shows all the time and covering cricket series from all over the world. Be the first to hear all of our announcements by following us on social media at 99.94 DM. Welcome to Cricket's Conversation. Welcome back. It's not as easy as everyone may say. Right, so England have won, yes. They won well. They won with 20 runs. They got a decent net run, right? They're plus 0.3, Australia minus 0.4. England have got to play against South Africa, uh, Sri Lanka. Beg your pardon, Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka are, are a decent side. I mean, they're, they're a weird side. And we will discuss this in great length in a moment. Australia play against Afghanistan and with no disrespect to it, Afghanistan, they could be absolutely marmalised here. So, and Rashid Khan is a doubt, it, isn't he? He is a doubt. He's which which makes well, life pretty awkward for them. Correct. So England know what they need to do because England Australia play against Afghanistan and England play against Sri Lanka in the last game. So they will know. They will know how it goes. Do we think from watching the way England play that they are flexible enough 
to know what they need to do. And I asked that question because I wasn't quite sure at the start of the uh, the tournament, actually. I thought, I felt there was a little bit of, well, we know better than everyone else. We know what we're going to do. Right now, you've got to be on it. You've got to be absolutely aware. And if they are, do you feel, looking at how England are right now, Rory, that they will be able to deal with circumstance? Australia will beat Afghanistan. They will do that. Yeah. Yeah, listen. I think uh, maybe you're right. Maybe they didn't quite get to the the headspace they needed to be in in that Afghanistan game. And they didn't, they didn't maybe realise it for the opportunity it was to put a bit of clear water um, in the group. I don't think that's a problem this time because uh, it's a basic equation. You know, they're really fortunate that they're playing 24 hours after Australia. They're going to have, not only will they know the equation, they're not even playing two hours after, which sometimes, you know, you, you might play the same day as someone, and you know, they've got a night to sit on it and sleep on it. They'll be drilled into high heaven about what they need to do and when when the tipping point is where the, the game will get away from them in terms of run rate as well as points. So I don't think there's any drama there at all. And I think how they've approached this game today against New Zealand leans in that direction, that they were nimble and a bit fleet-footed and ready to move with the with the moment. So I think it's really good. What I do think is on a purely sporting level, and I'm not talking about TV companies and, and sort of broadcast rights, on a purely sporting level, the idea that you wrap up a group at the same time, like they do in football World Cups, you know, they, they, they stagger those games out up until the last round of matches when it's all settled. And they say, listen, nobody gets the advantage to know who's scoring and who's not scoring and goal difference. And they make sure those games kick off at the same time. And I think on a very, very sporting level, that's not it's not quite a level playing field that, that England get 24 hours to sit on it. What I think is with the advantage in net run rate, which is actually a little bit bigger than even, I think, you know, it, it's bigger than it looks even when neither have a super, super tight game potentially. With the advantage in net run rate and with the 24-hour advantage of knowing where they're at, I think that adds up to a massive advantage for England. It really does. I mean, Australia don't even get to blast Afghanistan out of the park and have that be enough. When if they were playing at the same time as England, that might be enough because England might be playing their own game and not letting not letting the numbers interfere. So for Australia, they could overturn that net run rate by blasting Afghanistan out of the park. They don't even get to do that. They can blast them out of the park and just leave England with an equation. So... I would be cautiously, quietly optimistic that the that the cards have shaken up in England's favour. And I suppose if they don't get it right, they have to wear it on the chin and say that actually the fixture list was handy for them. The net run rate fell in their favour. They got out of the Australia game when they weren't in a great place with a rain off. I think I think the the cricket mother cricket who has a, a hand in all things is nudging England to the last four she just wants them mm. to take the last step I think well look you know there is one last chance for decency to hold out which is if Ireland beat New Zealand if that occurs you know then that changes everything and England and Australia go through 
Because this tournament needs Australia. It needs Australia to be in that in that final four. And the really big I don't know likelihood is that they're not gonna be there. I mean and and sitting here watching this, being in Australia right now, I can't tell you how staggeringly uninterested Australians are by the T twenty World Cup, you know? Yeah. The thing that well, I really makes me really excited. I don't know that is, they need is, Australia. Is, that, well, they need India. 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 When if India is there, it's massive. But there's every single chance we're going to look at South Africa, India, England, and New Zealand, and those are three absolutely pointless countries, plus India. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> playing Christ. the semi-finals. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let the cards fall where they will. I don't think that we should be barracking for Australia's qualification just so a few more guys give a damn down the pub. But if, they don't, if they're not interested, fine. Let's take the title off them. Couldn't care less. Yeah. Well, you might be right. It's, it's <laughs> hey, what where about Silverwood? it looks like we're going. I know we mentioned it already, but I, I do think we should give just another run the flag up just for a second to say that Chris Silverwood has it in his hands piss all over England's chips in the World Cup, which I just, I don't, I'm not saying it's likely. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying if it does happen, it would be spectacularly England. Spectacularly. It, it was, it's the same year he got sacked. We're still in the same year. It feels like it's been about a decade this year, but we're still there in 22. So Chris Silver could end it. He starts the year getting sacked by England, ends the year knocking about the World Cup. It seems feasible, doesn't it? And it really could actually. I mean, look at the way England are and look at the way Sri Lanka are. It could happen. Um, it's a T20 World Cup. We are nearly at the end point. We finally have an idea of what needs to be done from one game to the next. Where are you, Rory? What are the semi-finals? How? What is the outcome? What do you think? Uh, well, I think I think England and New Zealand qualify, and I think your mates are ended up watching the American football down there down the boozer and, and the, the whole thing goes on against a backdrop of grotesque dif- indifference as far as I can tell. Uh, and gosh, South Africa are giving themselves an absolutely majestic, and this is, this, listen, this is a conversation for them to have, for Neil Manthorpe and Lungardi to have on their podcast, but they are giving themselves a majestic chance to choke. <laughs> because... They've just got themselves in an unlikely scenario that people are fancying them. And if if nobody was fancying them, it wouldn't matter and it wouldn't even qualify as a choke. But they're doing so nicely that they're really they're really throwing it up there. So good luck to them. They with are that. the best they are the best or honestly, Rory, they're the best team I've seen. You know, they're absolutely yeah, the best exactly. team I've seen. That's and exactly how it they, has to be if, laid out, if, doesn't if it? If they don't if they don't win the World Cup, it'll be because they do what they do. <laughs> I know. So that's a. And, so where's my buddy? And, and it will be joyful if they do that in the final. Who knows? I think we're looking at India, England, no Australia, no Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa. And if and if we get there, well, it's a lottery. It's an absolute. Lottery. And you know what? You don't. Know, you don't get along. You don't get long to be kingpin in this game with the moment with the fixtures being what they are. So Australia 
win the world T20. Under Justin Langer, his ass right is. I mean, this this is how far we've gone. Five minutes ago, it feels like we're just about. I just about got my head around the fact that Australia have won the World Cup under Justin Langer. They're gonna. It all like a good chance that they cough up the title before they've even had a chance to see it another new year. I think one day South Africa will have to win and maybe I'll be there for that to happen and it will be a glorious, glorious day. Finally, South Africa will win. No, no. Is that stupid? Uh, is that stupid? I don't know. Let, let's, yeah, it's stupid. Let's it's stupid. It's stupid. They, no, 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 they, no. They'll screw it. And that's us. It's we're done. We're finished. We're over. What flavour are you me. vaping today? I've been meaning to ask you all the Hey Apple. Actually, as you go. Oh, oh. ow. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> that seems like time to go. It really is. Thanks for listening to Evening Cricket on 99.94, where we speak cricket every day. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcast. You can download the 99.94 and follow us on Twitter at Norcross Cricket. Where are you? At the RVD. Come see me. You are, and you will never not be at the RVD. Never miss out. Join us 24-7 conversation on social media and follow us at 9994.tm Cricket every day your way until the next time good grief who knows where this competition is going I have a strong feeling that South Africa are finally going to win who knows where this outro is going never mind never mind the competition I don't know I don't know know, but South Africa I think South Africa are going to win South Africa, fi- okay. South Africa finally have to win something, Rory, don't they? Hold you to that. See you next time. Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous odds makers and influencers every episode of double down with Breslow is packed with insider tips deeply skilled analysis and in-depth discussions don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting listen to double down with Breslow on the evergreen podcast network or wherever you listen to podcasts that's double down with Breslow the business of sports betting podcast